Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. beautiful Arizona. Good morning to you. Here comes the summer, Romy. It's here. Had a beautiful drive down from Payson this morning. Yeah? It's been a while since I've been on that side of Arizona. Growing up, we always had Boy Scouts running up to Camp Geronimo, or we'd camp on the rim, or We'd go help build the Bible church in Nutrioso or whatever the case is. We were always on the beeline, but it's been a long time since I've been on that side. Man, I will tell you, it is going to be a really pretty drive. Here it is right now, but when those saguaros bloom, Mm. there was a lot of them that didn't have uh, flowers on top. But just uh, past the saguaro lake turnoff up to about Mesquite Wash, it seemed like the majority of the saguaros had flowers on top just waiting to bloom but you get past that and it, for whatever reason there wasn't a lot of blooms on top of the saguaro but you know you've got the yellow palaverdes and you've got the red cactus blooms and now we're getting ready to get into our white saguaro blooms and you know what looks like a really fun ride i've never really thought about this morning but that rye creek when you're going to payson it's the last little establishment. There used to be that junkyard that I don't mm-hmm. think is there anymore. All the bicycles? Yeah. What? Was there last time like, I... Was it? Maybe I missed it driving by looking at all the billboards just to see <laughs> what's new and going on on this side of Arizona. I'm going to have to look when I go back. Um, but when you look at the creek and you're driving up, it looks like that creek goes a long way north. And then when you're coming back down, you can see it go into Roosevelt. And that just looks like a really nice... Uh, easy stretch and there's a big ranch that you barely get a peek of as you're going northbound uh, right about 323 mile marker you can see it off to the right it's just a really quick glance that that looks like a really fun ride and there's trails signs all over the place the Barnhart trail hiking riding over here and then, Rosie and I've done that one with the horses uh, beautiful beautiful part of Arizona I bet it was a morning like this 56 years ago that Robert McCollum was looking at his plane. Yes, McCollum chainsaws. He also made motor boats, or engines, I should say. And he was looking for a place to test his new outboard motors and looked down over Lake Havasu and said, you know what? That's, that's where I'm going to go build my next plant, start testing my motor boats. And sure enough, he did. He recruited a gentleman by the name of Cornelius Vanderbilt Wood, who had just wrapped up with a development for another visionary, someone you may have heard of by the name of Walt Disney on a little project you probably know called Disneyland. And they formed the Lake Havasu Irrigation Drainage District in 1963 and incorporated 1978, one of the newer cities in Arizona. Fun place to go now. Lake Havasu is there thanks to the Parker Dam. We had a listener write in and say, well, isn't Lake Havasu on the Colorado River? So it's really just like a river and not a lake, right? Well, most of our lakes are on rivers. I mean, you, look at, too. <laughs> you look at Lake Havasu and, and I don't know if it's because there's a lake name and there's also a town name. So you can say Lake Havasu and technically you're talking about the lake. If you're talking about the town, you got, it's Lake Havasu City. 
And I don't know if that creates a disconnect because there's no like Pleasant City and like Pleasant. Mm-hmm. There's no Powell, Lake Powell City. There's Lake Havasu and Lake Havasu City. So it creates this disconnect. But, you know, along the Colorado River, we have Lake Powell. We have Lake Mead. We have uh, Lake Havasu coming down the Salt River. You've got the San Carlos. You've got Roosevelt. You've got Canyon, Apache, Saguaro coming down the Verde. You've got Bartlett. Uh, above that's Horseshoe. Coming down the Alwafria, you have Lake Pleasant. All of our lakes are dammed up rivers. Part of our reservoir system, and I counted 26 this morning just looking it up. You know what? 26 I, dams. Did that count Tempe Town Lake? Hmm, I didn't. I didn't see it on there. That was That's one more that I, I forget about, but that's, again, along that Salt River coming across. So, yes, Lake Havasu is on the Colorado River, but is dammed up by Parker Dam. And we'll talk a little bit more about the details and the massive size. The shoreline that creates on Lake Havasu City alone is larger than some states. Wow. So we put together those stats, and we'll cover them a little bit later in the program. We've got a special guest on the line, but before we get to Wendy Davis, director of the Racetrack Industry Program from University of Arizona, we're going to talk about the Belmont Stakes that's on today. I had to read this. We had the 75th anniversary of D-Day. I I don't think anybody could have escaped that fact. It Mm. was everywhere. A lot of great uh, tributes, and uh, they had one of the survivors even parachuted back down he was 92 I saw years that old picture. what a man, oh, man. <laughs> and he wanted to do it again <laughs> i don't blame him <laughs> well the day before the wall street journal published this on thursday dwight eisenhower wrote a letter to his wife did you catch that Mm-mm. darling starting tomorrow and this is the day before d-day okay starting tomorrow I have a series of trips that will last without interruption from six to ten days. If you have a lapse in arriving letters, don't jump to at the conclusion that I don't want to write. I simply have no opportunity to pick up a pen. I'm a bit smide in my mind as to subjects to write about. So many things are taboo, and the individual with whom you are acquainted, including myself, will go along in accustomed ways. Mickey is a jewel. I often wonder how I exist without him. Anyway, the real purpose of this note was to say I am well. Love you as much as ever, all the time, day and night. Your picture in a gift frame is directly in front of the desk. I look at you all the time. Is that the end? There's another in my room. Uh, look at you always, Ike. Mm-hmm. That's pretty poignant. Whew. I was thinking on the way in, Romy, there's a, a lot of good men. You know, you guys kind of get the rap these days, but there are a lot of good men. It's Father's Day next Sunday, guys. That's right. <laughs> I just want to let you know. Uh, man, can you imagine that? And then having to do what you had to do no. the next day. Mm. So if you missed that, it was in Thursday's Wall Street Journal. I'm, I'm keeping that clipping. That's uh, quite a quite an accomplishment. It was National Fishing and Boating Week. We had a lot of fun with that in the office and shared pictures from uh, team members from all over the state. And we got, we mentioned those reservoirs. We have almost every single one of those. I think the only one we don't have a picture of someone uh, from the office on, a, uh, I think we're missing Apache Lake and Roosevelt Lake. I know we have some in the archives. We just haven't been able to find them. But that was something we uh, shared on our Facebook 
and Twitter accounts this week and had a lot of fun with in the comments. And the one that got the most, got. yeah, the one that got the most feedback was one of uh, your son Remy uh, sitting on Rosie's lap from a couple years ago. It was really cute. <laughs> he did not like that life fest. <laughs> Today is the Belmont, uh, and we've got Wendy Davis back on the line to join us. We had her on for ahead of the Kentucky Derby. We had her, had her on ahead of the Preakness, which this is the first year we have not seen all three of those races live. Roxy, one of our daughters, was in the Mike Johnson qualifier jackpot in Prescott. So we were at the Prescott Rodeo Grounds when they were running the Preakness. And today our other daughter, Tinley, is in the high school finals at Payson, so we'll be at the Payson Rodeo Grounds, and we'll miss two of the three races in the Triple Crown. But, Wendy, what can we expect today in the Belmont? Wow, today, who knows? The the first two races in the Triple Crown brought so many interesting surprises. We're kind of waiting to see what unique things happen happen today. But uh, after the disqualification in the Derby and then the riderless horse in the Preakness, uh, hopefully today's race goes absolutely smoothly and the way most of the races go is we watch them across the country every day. But um, interesting, interesting group of, of horses today. There's one horse in it who's been in both of the other uh, Triple Crown races, and, and that's War of Will, and he is the horse that won the Preakness. Um, also one of the horses that was probably interfered with, you know, have, was was um, probably cost a chance of a better placing in the Derby. So it will be interesting to see um, see how he runs today. Four others were in the Derby, but but skipped the Preakness, and three of them or two others were in the Preakness, um, but not in the Derby. So we have some familiar faces. We also have some some new faces and some new trainers coming in today. So the the Belmont is always a, a real wild card because it's a mile and a half race. None of these horses have ever gone a mile and a half, and a lot of the horses, um, the thoroughbreds today, are not really bred for this distance race. It's a it's a longer race than we usually see in this country. Um, there's a couple other long races on the on the card today, so there's some excellent racing. But it's really going to be interesting to see to see who who comes out on top today. And do you ever put money down? If you, I can't do it. It it takes it out of the fun out of it for me when I end up. You know, if if I was going to bet on something, then I'd be biased to one horse over the other. If, are, are you putting your money on any horse today? Well, I have to admit that I am not much of a handicapper. I um, I bet with my heart instead of my head. I understand what all the numbers mean, and I know there are some people who relish working that puzzle to figure out, given all the statistics, who will be the winner today. My my favorite part of the of racing is looking at the horses and looking at the pedigrees and and looking at the animals themselves before they they run. So if I'm if I'm not there and and I don't have a horse that's you know one of the home team, if you will, I usually sit it out. And like you, I just enjoy I enjoy the sport. And that's today at what time? It's about three thirty um, Arizona time. It's uh, 
there's a, a number of races, uh, in fact, 10 stakes races today at, at Belmont Park. So it's a huge day of racing and some uh, multiple million dollar races. They're giving away almost $11 million today in prize money. So it's an incredible day of racing. Well, very good. Wendy Davis, director of the Racetrack Industry Program at U of A. Thanks for joining us. And you can watch the Belmont today, all the different uh, tracks around Arizona. You've got Turf Paradise has a buffet going on. You've got Rito Downs in Tucson. You also have the Arizona Downs that open back up in Prescott for race fans. Cruise it through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. I'm not sure what this says. <laughs> when I saw Charlie Pride was coming back to uh, Arizona, I thought, he's still alive? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we've lost Murrow. We've lost Johnny Paycheck. We've lost Waylon. Uh, you know, all all those guys. I was like, Charlie Pride's coming to town? Sure is. He's June alive Fort- and well and been performing and looks great, sounds great. Living in Fort Worth is the uh, last I heard. June 14th, Wild Horse Pass. So. Good old country music. There's a couple other ones, Train and Goo Goo Dolls. They were huge when I was in high school. Yeah. Uh, but and, and this is something else that makes you go, oh, really? This, they're celebrating their 20th anniversary of their Dizzy Up, the yeah. girls slide. I'm like, ooh, ooh really? Yeah. Really? Kind of makes you want to look at the at age number again and go, God, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> that was really quick. And Jay Leno is at the Salt River uh, Grand Ballroom at Talking Stick Resort on June 21st. I tell you what, I went over to that Sea Odyssey to see Mike the Alligator. I just I had to see what yeah. the biggest alligator in America looked like. We, uh, I've seen what a 720-pound alligator looks like. I didn't know what an 800-pound alligator looked like. Any different? Was he big? He's big. Really big. He's really big. They, that whole area, they're going to have something to compete with. Uh, we'd mentioned Disneyland earlier. A couple of years, I mean, you have the Sea Odyssey, you have Butterfly World, you've got Top Golf, you've got the indoor skydiving, there's the casino, there's a spring training sports field, you've got medieval times coming, you have the big indoor park coming. All they need is like a little tram to take you around to all these places and a roller coaster. And it is going to have more to do than Disneyland. Indoor water park. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned just indoor park, but yeah, it's going to be. Uh, did I admit, did I leave water out? Yeah, of that? you indoor left the water, water part park. out. But I mean, when it's one twenty outside, you can go in and not, uh, get, not get burned to a crisp. There you go. Holy smokes! Is or that in the place winter, exploding. Yeah, mm-hmm. when people are here, place to go get wet. We're featuring the LHC Lake Havasu City all month long. Our staycation winner will be traveling there. <laughs> the London Bridge, true or false? Text the answer to 411923, and we'll send you two complimentary passes to Arizona State Parks. We know about the London Bridge, but is it really the London Bridge? Or is it a steel structure that's got the stones from the London Bridge as the outer you know, veneer finish for the bridge? Is it the full bridge, or is it just class stone cladding from the London Bridge that makes up the bridge that goes onto what's called Pittsburgh Point. Now, they didn't build Pittsburgh Point. It was just kind of like a peninsula. 
after they finished the London, London Bridge, then they trenched the whole canal to make that stretch, which is what uh, was so popular for uh, MTV Spring Break that they finally kicked out because they realized that the money that this event was bringing to the town still wasn't enough for what it cost to clean up the mess yeah. after they left. <laughs> we don't need that. Yes. <laughs> and thankfully kicked them out and made that whole stretch a lot nicer and a lot more family friendly. So true or false? If you think it's true, text TRUE to 411923. If you think the uh, London Bridge is in, intact or false, if you think it is a steel structure with the stone cladding. Does that make sense? Did I get that right? Yeah. That sounds right. <laughs> so Pittsburgh Point, that sounds like something that Steeler fans would put together. Because there's a big Steeler, uh, a bunch of Steeler fans that have moved to Arizona. Uh, what's that, uh, Harold's Corral? Up in Cave uh, Creek. Up Cave Creek. Yep. Hinesfield West. Tons of them up there. Uh, also going on on the river today, a little farther downstream, there's the Parker Tube Float. You can uh, you, you go to Cactail Cove, or is it Buckskin? It's one of the Arizona State Parks. I think it's Buckskin. You go to Buckskin, you park there, they bus you over to the lake, and then you float a couple miles down. It's actually quite a long float. It's a four-hour float, and they pick you up downriver later in the day, so that's going on today. You also have the Arizona State Championship Chili Cook-Off. I think it's a hot time for chili, but not in Flagstaff. That's going on today. Get up to the Ponderosas and enjoy the smell of vanilla Ponderosa and some hot uh, Arizona chili. And then one just uh, PSA to please stop burning the state. How many fires are going on right now? I saw one <laughs> burned down by Bartlett Lake. Uh, Bartlett Lake. Uh, there was smoke that was coming into Payson from another fire going up uh, onto Clint's Wells when we got into the Payson last night. I mean, you could just, it smelled like a campfire. And then uh, there was another one that they deployed drones on. I think that was the one at Clint's Wells. Uh, all of them, from what I've uh, seen so far, are man-made. We've been talking about I know it's no one listening to this program that's starting them. They know better. Man, they know better. Oh, that's just hard, hard thing to watch. It's We had such a beautiful, mm. wet winter. We knew it was coming. And we knew it was coming. And still, you got people out there being reckless. So just be careful. Be safe. Don't flick cigarettes out the window. Make sure your chains aren't dragging if you're towing this weekend. And just uh, take a couple extra minutes to make sure you're not creating sparks somewhere. And the answer is true. It is a steel building with stone cladding that makes up the London Bridge. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house. You ever watch the movie Tombstone? Oh, yeah. One of the most iconic scenes is when Doc Holliday's in a face-off with Johnny Ringo inside the saloon. And we always remember Val Kilmer. And after Johnny Ringo's done twirling his pistol all around and showing off, and Val Kilmer takes his whiskey glass and he's twirling around, kind of being a smart aleck. You know, we always remember Val Kilmer. We need to knock that role out as... Doc Holliday. You know, like Johnny Ringo that he's facing off against?
Well, Mr. Ringo got his education, Lake Havasu, class of 74. He was just a little snot-nosed punk back then from, you know, what they say. I wasn't there. I don't know. I was waiting for the tie-in. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, he made his uh, debut in a role with Grease. And I've seen that maybe partially here and there. I can't picture him out of that. He was also Kyle Reese in Terminator. And uh, got to start right here in Arizona at Lake Havasu City. Mike Bean. Michael Bean, I believe is how you Thank pronounce you. his name. Thank you. I never yeah. even said his name. <laughs> it's, yeah. He's it's Johnny fine. Ringo. Yeah, he's just Johnny Ringo. <laughs> and according to his bio, he said the best role he ever had in his career, Tombstone. Tombstone. Yeah, he's he's Johnny Ringo forever and uh, Val Kilmer forever is Doc Holliday. Just, uh, they, they did such... Now, factually, you could pick that movie apart. Well, we're not going to do that. For the entertainment value top-notch because i'm i'm gonna hijack the conversation here we are changing gears so gonna give do a little you can't shoot three shots out of a double barrel <laughs> shotgun without reloading impossible let it go Ronnie. and a six shooter still only has six bullets not 19 artistic license so can I give my latest update on the National Hardware Show? Remember, a couple weeks ago, we ha- I came back and we had Sherry Hammond on. She was the inventor of the Storit cabinet caddy. And we both ordered them. I really like them. I'm, waiting forward, I'm looking forward to the next generation of them. But we had her on to tell her story about she and her dad are a team, and he's an engineer and she's an inventor. And while I was at the hardware show, I, I just spent a lot of time on I visited the Inventor Corner twice. I just love it in there. It's just such a cool environment. Lots of entrepreneurial entrepreneurial creative people and just trying, you know, trying to get their message across. So um, I was introduced to Brian Freed, who has agreed to come on and visit with us. And Brian is just He's a he's an amazing guy. He's he's very busy. I tell you that he is kind of a creator. He is an inventor. He's kind of a, he calls himself a serial inventor. He is an author. He is an inventor coach, and he is the director, executive director of um, United Inventors Association. So, good morning, Brian. How are you today? Good morning, Rosie. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm Jennifer. It's okay. I'll give you. <laughs> and actually, just so you know, Rosie's my husband, and he he uh, is not here this morning, but he uh, he's listening in. So you can say hi, Rosie, oh. too. <laughs> Good morning, Rosie. Okay. Uh, so I just wanted to talk about this um, in, invention idea that hangs in everyone's head. Everybody is an inventor of some kind, and, and I'd like you to kind of tell your story. How did you get started inventing, Brian? Well, I remember uh, back in the day, I started to look at things and see things a little bit differently when I was a kid, uh, kind of like ripping my toys apart, but not in a a violent or aggressive way, but looking more at a point of how they were working and how they twisted and turned and and seeing the mechanics of them. And I'm by no means an engineer at this point. I understand how to make things, but I'm not. (laughs) Um, But as I progressed in my life and there's different stages that everybody has in their life. So I got married and I got a chance to see how my wife was doing things in the kitchen and how I might do things a little bit differently. <laughs> and then I also had, uh, had a kid, uh, my daughter, Alana, and as she was progressing in age, I started to, we have to buy things as parents. And I started to see how things were working and how they could be done differently. Or maybe there was something that wasn't done at all to be able to have a shot at putting it into into market. So, or at least 
getting the process going of seeing if it if it is an opportunity. So, so I'm hearing three things I from you. You're going. you're a creative, you're entrepreneurial, and and you like to solve problems. I think that fits, right. that describes a lot of people. So, if someone has one of our listeners has an idea, um, you know, how how they get started wondering, is, would this be something of interest? Can I can I invent this? Sure. Well, just to put in premise, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be a doctor, a lawyer. You could be any type of profession. You could be unemployed. You can be a student. You could be a senior citizen. You could be, doesn't matter who you are. You're involved in some kind of environment or you're, in, you're doing things, going places, seeing things. And the difference between people who are inventors, everybody's really an inventor because at one time or another, you did something and you probably felt like you could have made it better. But it's just the difference is the people that take a step back and say, you know what, I have something good here. Let me capture that idea and let's see what I can do next with it. So that's where it really starts. And then to be able to take you through the steps of what somebody needs to do or, or different options of what they could do to try to get their product to market. Okay, so as you're as you're having this idea, now you're going to go forward, and you're and how careful do you need to do, be about talking about this um, invention? I, my our youngest son, when he was about eight, he said, "You know, Mom, I'm going to invent this thing, and it's going to be a camera, and you're going to put it on your fishing pole, and you're going to be able to see what's under the water." You know, and now look where we are. <laughs> every every <laughs> professional fishing boat has this camera, but for you know most people, they have an idea, they kind of throw it out there, and then. But how, how careful should you be if you're serious about your invention? Sure. So you came up with this idea. Now you want to start talking. You're so excited. You're starting to get really emotionally attached to it. It's, it's all that you're thinking about. It's just so exciting. And you want to start telling people. So at that point, I like to have what's called a non-disclosure agreement. And that basically says that I'm going to give you – I'm going to have you sign something. And I'm going to ask you not to speak about it to anybody without my permission. So I start off with uh, giving a uh, non-disclosure agreement, otherwise known as an NDA. But what I really do first is after I wrote that idea down, I go online. And let's say I come up with like a pen with a, with a light on top, right? What I would do is I would go online and I would put in LED with light on top of pen or pen with LED or pencil with LED or, or light bulb on top of pen. So what I'm doing is I'm just taking descriptive words because that's how search engines are made up. They're made up of descriptive words in different pages of the websites. So I use Google, Yahoo, Bing. I find a couple of the search engines and I put in, put in all these different variations of, of, uh, of, of and what, uh, different and what, ways. And what are you looking for? And so what are you looking for, Brian? You're looking to see if it's been... If there's something out there similar, correct? Yeah. 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 So instead of going through every page of the websites, what I do is there's a, there's a button on the top of the search that says images. So I'm a visual guy, mm. and it's a lot easier to look that way. So I'll look and see if there's things that are similar to mine that are out there. And if I hit a brick wall, I know it's exciting and you're emotionally attached to it, but I just move on to my next idea unless I want to really go into my own business with it, and I can as long as I'm not infringing on somebody else's intellectual property, their, their patent. Um, but I'm going through and I'm visualizing and I see things that maybe are similar, maybe not. And that's where I, I start with. And I'm true to it because a lot of inventors and people with, with ideas, 
they go to Walmart and they they don't see their idea on the shelf and they're like, oh my gosh, nobody in the world has this. I'm ready. <laughs> and it's more than that. So do your research online, capture the things that you think are similar to yours and, and save those URLs and start to make a list of them and search with your eyes open. Don't search with your eyes closed. And then we could talk about the next steps, what to do when you kind of know that there's something there that you can move on to the next step. Yeah. So, you know, um, people are starting to think, okay, when, at what point does this start costing me money? And um, mm-hmm. I've, a point I've heard you say is, you know, it, it is a business. You have to, you, you're going to have to spend some money on it if you believe in it. So if you're going to invest in this, all this time and, and the things that have to be done, you, you really do have to know that you've got something that has a possibility. So the next thing would be making a prototype, and that could be as simple or as complicated, you know, as as you want to spend the money on. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But but first, before you get there, that search is really important because people end up skipping those steps of the search and go to making a prototype and starting to show their idea and making it sometimes before doing the simple step of searching. And and the reason I'm saying that that's important is what I do is, and you can do this any way you want, but what I do from my experience is I do a patent search and I pay somebody 550 bucks, 600 bucks, and they pull prior art from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office database. And then they look at what my description is and what my chicken scratch drawings are. And they're going to compare what's out there to what I have. And they're going to give me a patentability opinion to say that, is this something that you're able to protect? Is it something that you're going to be infringing on somebody else's intellectual property? And that really determines a lot of where my kind of like choose your own adventure is going to be. Um, so once I do the patent search and I know that I am continuing, if it, if it shows me clearly that, I'm, that I hit a brick wall, I move on to my next idea. But if it is something that has potential, most of the time I get a second opinion, but Let's just say let's go with the first one and keep going. Okay. Um, what I do next is I end up having uh, a CAD drawing done. It's computer-assisted drawing, 3D files. Those are made up of what my in my head to my chicken scratch now on the computer. And that file is, avail- is once you do that, and it depends on if you need a product designer or an engineer. Does okay. your idea have twists and turns and gears and all this stuff that might need an engineer, or is it something that could just use the design work? Well, one thing I so know for sure, Brian, yep. is we're not going to be able to, f- to tell everybody the whole process in, a, in the minute we have left, but I, I am so mm-hmm. impressed by the amount of resources that you have available for someone who'd be interested. And I'll put it up on Facebook so anybody who's interested could find you. But you have coaching available. You have a, that, on that powerful website, um, the United Inventors Association, there are free forms, there's free resources. There are local clubs. I looked it up, there's, and I've spoken to the gal here in Phoenix, there is a local chapter where if you, you, know, you go once a month and you, you learn about inventing and maybe you get to talk to people and throw out ideas, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's so much good information. You guys have made that really, really easy. And I wanted to, to mention your two books, You and Your Big Ideas. I love that title. And then inventing okay. secrets revealed. So those are those are just all kinds of resources. If so, if you are listening and you have an inventor's heart, or you know someone who does, um, these, this is just a great resource for you. Thank you, United Inventors Association, UIAUSA.org. Uh, great resources, educational resources. Get involved in an inventors club in your area. Make it happen. Keep on inventing. Brian, Rosie, and I were talking on air a couple weeks ago about power generation and 
what to do at nighttime because you know we've got a lot of sun in Arizona. Solar is our topic in a couple hours. Here we'll have Sun Valley Solar on, and he came up with the idea on air that the problem or that the solution to generating power at night is we just need to invent lunar solar panels. Is that something that's been patented yet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know a, a good patent agent and an attorney that can look up and see if uh, see if it's available as, at least you know. Uh, with the intellectual property out there, but that's you'll, all it takes. You'll it, be honest with us, won't idea. you? <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, Brian. Hang on, I want that attorney's number. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Yo, Rose, we gonna throw it down in the LHC or what? <laughs> Lake Havasu City. Hot dog. All right. It's one of the key words you can tag when posting about Lake Havasu City. They also use Lake Havasu or just Havasu or LHC. If you're looking for things to do on social media related to the Lake Havasu, those are some of the key words you can use. And enjoy the 450 miles of shoreline, which according to the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, that's more than Rhode Island. That's more shore miles than Delaware or Mississippi, or Ohio, or Minnesota, or Pennsylvania, or New Hampshire, or Indiana, or Illinois have. Wow. That's a big open sky and shoreline. You really just don't realize how big. And that's, that's Lake Havasu. Lake Powell's 1,900 miles. Almost four times bigger. Both places to really decompress. Get away from all the internet and phones and just enjoy. A little farther downstream from Lake Havasu City, you come across Yuma, which we featured earlier this year as part of our staycation. And an interesting article that came out of True West Magazine, they have the Ask the Marshall section, uh, questions answered by Marshall Trimble, Arizona State Historian, about uh, the Yuma Territorial Prison. What happened to it after it closed? And a lot of things happened there. It was a hospital from 1914 to 1923. Southern Pacific Railroad demolished a third of it to construct new tracks, which ultimately left to a lot of hobos and homeless people taking refugee there as they were passing through during the Great Depression and World War II, just roaming around looking for work. Veterans of foreign wars leased the guard quarters and used it as a clubhouse from 1931 until 1960 when it became a state park. But... The most critical part, 1911 to 1914, it was used as the high school for three years. No and way. they were called the <laughs> Horned Frogs. Now, you always know Yuma as the criminals. Whenever any time we were at a wrestling tournament, you could always tell Yuma was there because their warm-up suits were striped, striped like prison, <laughs> like prisoners. Oh, Yuma's here. Well, they were originally called the Horned Frogs. And when they upset the Phoenix Union Coyotes, the fans from Phoenix were so mad, they started taunting them, calling them criminals, and it stuck. And TCU became the Horn Frogs in <laughs> Fort Worth. And TCU went and had to steal it from <laughs> us. I'll tell you, you what. That's you, how it worked. 
You take one look at those cells and you would not want to be a criminal. <laughs> no, 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 no. Another interesting uh, question and answer, you know, we talked about how Hollywood will do you and making up stuff. You ever see the movie Mask of Zorro and Zorro oh, yeah. with, um, what's his name, uh, Antonio Banderas and his brother, the Murrieta brothers. And they're making them out to be as uh, Walter Noble Burns called them, kind of the Robin Hood of El Dorado. Well, not exactly true. What is true in that movie is the part where they catch up with Joaquin Murrieta and end up pickling his head in a jar. Mm. That part's true. But the reason they were after him? For the murder of up to 40 Chinese miners that they robbed. Oh, geez. Most of which were unarmed and unable to defend themselves. Well, I guess he deserved to be pickled, but it's kind (laughs) of early for pickling. I don't know. (laughs) Arizona also made the historic... uh, 10 historic routes you must take around the Southwest out of True West Magazine this month. And great uh, article there and mentioned a lot of places that we talk about here around the uh, Winslow, the uh, what's the Winslow Hotel there? Uh, La Posada. La Posada. La Posada. Mm-hmm. Mentioned the La Posada mm-hmm. and all around the Four Corners area was uh, the destination. Hey, if you're looking for something really special to do tonight, Dr. Skye, our, our good friend, uh, once is giving a, uh, he has his telescope at Hobnob's Cafe and Spirits at 730. That's at 149 West McDowell. And you can go and you can watch, you can get a good look at Jupiter. And also at 822, the space station's coming across and you'll be able to get a good look at that. It's a quick Quick little flyby, like maybe four minutes worth, so you want to be there on time. And then also sign up for the Dolly Steamboat. It's on the 29th. But this is Jupiter. Jupiter is the planet of the month, and you can see it with the naked eye pretty easy. Just Oh, no, with uh, Jupiter, a binocular, good binoculars or a telescope. Well, it says rises in the southeast sky right after sunset. You can mm-hmm. see it. Yep. I would know a lot more about astronomy if I didn't have to stay up. <laughs> that sun it's goes down, learning. so am I. That's so random. <laughs> the sun's coming it's a up, true so story am I. When the is, sun's going down, I'm going down. I am not a night owl. That's genetic. <laughs> we had a texter help us out and said, Yes, the bike yard at Rye burned down a couple years ago. I knew I didn't see that this morning. It must have been Mirage when I drove. <laughs> just by. used to seeing just it there. Just used to seeing it. It was, a real, it was just a staple right there. It is the second Saturday of the month, so we've got the Outdoor Living Hour coming up, and we'll have Talking Trees with ISA Certified Arborist John Eisenhower. If you want to talk trees, join the conversation, one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie for you